morning, everyone. How are you? I've been in Malaysia just under two weeks already, and you guys are amazing. It's been so fun hanging out with you. Your hospitality is amazing, and your food, wow, <laughs> it is amazing. Now, in Wales, we're not known for our food. We're known for our oceans, we have beautiful beaches. But if I had to say what our national dish is, it would be a Welsh cake. Now, a Welsh cake is like a biscuit, it's thin, but it's warm and gooey. And I've managed to get, smuggle in one pack of Welsh cakes. Who would like to try some Welsh cakes? Over here? Oh, sorry, too, too hard. There's, there's five in there, so maybe you can share them out a little bit later. Well, today we're going to be looking at some practical tips on how to heal the sick. But before that, I want you to think back to when you learned how to drive. So if you don't drive yet, please forgive me for this illustration. But if you've learned how to drive a car, I'd love you to turn to the person next to you and have a little chat. What was your experience like? Was it easy? Was it hard? What was your instructor like? Did you crash the car? Have a little chat with the person next to you. Okay, wow, lots of stories to be told in the room. Hands up if you pass your driving test the first time around. Wow, okay, quite a lot. Hands up if you pass the second time around. Okay, third time around? Okay, third. Anyone fourth? Fourth, no, okay, I think we win at three. Oh, maybe I got four, I see a four. Fifth? Okay, four. I once did this once, and someone put their hand up for nine, and I thought, mate, you shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> now, when I learned to drive, I was 17 years old, and I got into the car with my driving instructor, and she said, hello, Chloe, nice to meet you. Now, before we start driving this car, I must let you know that you cannot stall the car, you can't brake harshly, um, because I suffer with sciatica. And if you stall the car or brake really harshly, my back will go into terrible spasm. And so I turned to her and I said, well, in my church, we often pray for people for healing. Would you like me to pray for you? And she was really surprised at this. Now, for me growing up, I remember being a little girl coloring on a church service floor and everyone was praying for someone. I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but Amanda, who was in a wheelchair, everyone prayed, and she got up out of the wheelchair, and she ran around the church building, and I remember coloring on the floor, and she jumped over me. I remember looking up and thinking, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Or I remember um, my mum, she had an um, injury which kind of paralyzed her from the left side down of her body. And so as a little girl, we had to be really careful around my mum. I remember running up for a cuddle and her saying, no, 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 because it would cause her to be into, her neck to go into spasms, she'd be in pain. And I remember people gathering around her and praying for her and all the pain disappearing as she was totally healed. I remember being sat around the dinner room table with our family and the phone going back when it was a landline and you had to leave the room to answer the phone. My dad chatting on the phone and walking back in and I was saying, what was that, dad? He said, oh, it was the car garage. The man um, in the car garage, he couldn't really see, so I prayed for him and now he can see. Or um, my sister, when she was eight years old, do we have any children in the room or any parents of children? 
When my sister was eight years old, my dad had a wart on his thumb that was very painful. And he went to the doctors and they tried to freeze it off and cut it off, and, but it kept growing back. And he turned to my sister, who was eight, and said, Rachel, pray for my thumb, pray for my wart to go. So she said, Jesus, please heal my dad's thumb, amen. And the wart disappeared and never came back. So these kind of stories were normal for me growing up. <laughs> it was normal to see people healed. So I turned to my driving instructor in the car and I say, in my church, we often pray for people for healing. Can I pray for you? I put my hand on her back and I said, in the name of Jesus, pain go, amen. She said, wow, my back is filling up with heat and all the pain disappeared. And I even stalled the car twice and she was fine. <laughs> but while we were driving around the streets of Swansea and I was crunching into gears, it opened up a conversation of faith. And she said, so what kind of Christian are you? What type of church do you go to? Who is Jesus? And every single lesson, we had a conversation about Jesus and his plan and purpose for her life and how he loved her. And I was able to invite her to our church Christmas service and she came and she absolutely loved it. And that experience at the age of 17 showed me what it's like to live a normal, everyday supernatural life where we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and can pray for people, but in a really normal way. It opened my eyes to what living the supernatural can, life can li live like, how we can be filled with the Spirit, live it out practically. And it showed me that healing can be an everyday thing. It's not just a one-off special event or a special service or occasion, but we are called to pray for the sick as an everyday part of our Christian life. In Acts 1 verse 8 it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is for us today. We are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and one of the purposes is to be Jesus' witnesses, to use his power through the Holy Spirit to show the reality of God's kingdom in our everyday life. And I am utterly convinced that one of the best ways to show those around us who don't know Jesus that he is real and loves them and cares for them is to pray for them when they're sick. And why is this important? Because it's what Jesus did. The Gospels are full of healing miracles, signs and wonders. When we look at Jesus' life and how he lived and what he did, nearly every single page of the Gospels, Jesus is healing someone. It's not just an occasional feature of his ministry, but virtually on every page, he is healing the sick. And right from the start of his ministry, it says in Matthew 4, uh, 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Jesus healed all the time, and he's our example. He's our leader. So as Christians, we want to value healing like Jesus did, as a part of our life, our mission, and our ministry. Paul writes in Romans 15, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and as far around as Elycrium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. He says here, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ, not just by words and deeds, but also by signs and wonders. 
And healing is a way in which we can fully present the good news. It's a demonstration of Jesus' power, that he can change lives, that he is alive. It's a physical sign which reveals Jesus. And what's great is Jesus has equipped us to heal. When the disciples asked Jesus, what should we pray? Jesus says this, pray like this. Matthew 6, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is God's will for us? It's to pursue on earth what is in heaven. Do you think there's any sickness in heaven? No. So we can be confident to pray for people to be healed. Now we do live in a broken world. And we all experience the reality of that. And we all have stories of pain and difficult moments of family or friends or someone we know who's been unwell. And we all have those stories. And I don't have all the answers for why some people get healed and some people don't. But what I do know is God is good. And his will is to heal and bring life and not death. And one day when Jesus returns, he will bring his kingdom fully but until then, he sends us out as his disciples to bring more of his kingdom on earth. He says in John 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And later in John 20, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So we have been sent, equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way Jesus was, that we can do the same things and even greater things that he has done. Across Wales, we have seen hundreds and hundreds of people be physically healed. And I was doing a PhD and I decided to switch my topic and study healing. And my, I went to a secular university. They weren't Christians, and my supervisor wasn't a Christian. And he said, well, Chloe, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to make sure you get enough stories to be able to you know, talk about healing in this way, especially in a secular context. You need at least eight stories, maybe even ten. And he did not believe in healing. He didn't believe that it happened. I said, okay, I think I could do that. So I went away and I studied and I handed out questionnaires across Wales. And my next meeting with him about six months later, he said, so Chloe, did you manage to get eight stories? Did you manage to collect some? I said, I collected 605. <laughs> and they were stories of people in the last one to five years. So very recent healing stories. So what did I learn from eight years of studying a PhD on the topic of healing miracles in Wales? Would you like to know what eight years of tears and hard work? <laughs> Jesus heals today. That's what I learned. <laughs> I saw in the stories I collected, people getting healed inside of church, like in a church service like this. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was in our home church in Swansea, and I had a word of knowledge for someone with eczema, the skin condition, and someone was leading the service, so I just gave them the word, and they said, God wants to heal eczema, let me pray, be healed in the name of Jesus, amen, you know, someone in the crowd. And what I didn't know is one of our university students had brought her friend from uni, who wasn't a Christian, and the friend from uni said she was sat there like, hmm, I'm not sure I believe any of this stuff, I just think it's a load of rubbish. And then there was a word for eczema, and she said that she is covered in eczema and suffers with it. And as 
the person prayed, she looked down and all her eczema had disappeared. She came on the next Alpha course and she's in our church today. So we, I collected a lot of stories like that, healing happening in a service. But most of the stories happened outside of the church building. Everyday Christians like you and me, praying for their friends and their family. So for example, um, I was in the gym a couple of months ago and I like to do the Les Mills body pump class. I'm not sure if anyone, anyone do those? Yeah, you know what it is. Um, so I was in the gym class, and the instructor suddenly dropped the weights, and she said, oh, you carry on without me. I can't do it anymore. I'm injured. So we finished the class, and I thought, oh, I should really pray for her. So I went up to her at the end of the gym class, a little bit sweaty, and said, in my church, we often pray for people with, for healing. Do you mind if I pray for you? And she said, Chloe, I've been waiting for you to ask a couple of years ago, I came to your church's Christmas service, and you were all talking about Jesus living today and how he heals the sick. I've tried every chiropractor, every physio, every medicine, and nothing has fixed it. And when you walked into my gym class today, I said to myself, I hope Chloe offers to pray. I prayed for her. She was totally healed. So this morning, we're going to go on a whistle-stop tour on how to pray for the sick like this. How do we pray for people on the go in our life in an everyday way? And we're going to look at a little case study from Acts 3. So let's read it together. Acts 3. Peter and John are walking to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer service. It says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Later on, it says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God who's brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. So I have six quick tips for us this morning on how to heal in our everyday life. The first one is that it was on the go. Peter and John were going about their usual day. They were walking to the three o'clock prayer service as they normally would. And the situation presented itself. And healing needs to be a priority for us as Christians, that on the go in our everyday life, we are aware of people who might need healing. When we look at Jesus, he healed in the synagogues, at the hillside, at the street, in the houses, in the city, in the countryside. So for us, whether it we're at work or at home or in the gym or with friends or out and about, let's be aware of those people in our life on the go who might say, oh, I've really been suffering with a bad neck recently. And rather than, oh, poor you, I'll hope it gets better, we say, well, I believe in a God who can heal. Can I pray for you? Let's not wait for a special person or a special meeting, but let's ask God to give us the courage to step out and pray for healing on the go. And this is what I found in my PhD, as I mentioned earlier. Most people were being healed outside of a church meeting because Christians like you and I were just offering to pray. I'm going to read a little list of some of the places that people um, commented on their questionnaires where they got healed. 
So this is what a few people said. I attended a healing service. I was prayed for on a Sunday. I prayed for a lady at Wonderland Nails whilst having a pedicure. At the scene of the accident, whilst watching a TV program, my wife prayed in bed, in a car with a friend, over the phone, in Costa Coffee, in a gym, in the kitchen, at a wedding, at an alpha course, at the night shelter. Whatever we're doing, wherever we are, let's be aware of the people on the go in our life. The second tip is that Peter responds. He offers to pray. He says, I don't have silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. I always think how easy it could have been for him to say, oh, no, sorry, I don't have any money and walked off. Or, oh, we're late for the church service. Let me rush off. But he offers to pray in that moment. And I want to encourage us. How ready are we to do that in our everyday life, whether for healing or for anything? A friend might feel, you know, anxious or praying for a job opportunity. And well, I believe in a God of peace or a God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Can I pray for you that you would know that too? Are we ready to respond in that moment with prayer? I remember being at Tesco supermarket and I had my shopping on the conveyor belt and the lady was, you know, bleeping through my shopping and her arm was in a sling. So it was very obvious that she needed healing. And then she even started talking about it. She said, oh, sorry, I'm going so slow with just one arm. My other arm is in the sling. I thought, oh, I should really pray for this lady. So I thought, do you know what? Once she's finished putting all my shopping through, I'll pray. And then when she did that, I thought, oh, I'll finish packing my bags and then I'll pray for her. And then, I th and then she's, oh, it's, it's, you know, 20 pounds. So I thought, oh, once I finish paying, I'll then pray. Then she hands me the receipt and I think, this is the moment I have to offer to pray. And I say, thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> and I left thinking, oh, I missed that opportunity. You know, I felt nervous. There was a little queue behind me. I lost the courage. And it lived with me that whole week. Oh, I, what might have happened if I had prayed for her? So the next week, at the time, I was working at a sports cafe on the beach. And I organized all the rotors for the surfing instructors. So one of the surf instructors walked in. And he said, oh, I think I just injured my neck teaching the kids how to surf. I thought, oh, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. So I said, oh, well, Scott, I go to a church where we often pray for people for healing. Would you like me to pray for you? And he said, um, okay, I'm not religious, but you can if you want to. So I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, in the name of Jesus, neck be healed, amen. How does it feel? He said, oh, yeah, it feels the same, thanks. And he walked off. <laughs> That's the worst that can happen. You know, he didn't get healed in that moment. Mild embarrassment. But that was it for me, in my context. A week later, Scott came into my office, knocked on the door. Chloe, when you prayed for me, I didn't want to say at the time, the pain didn't go, but I was so overwhelmed, I wanted to cry. Why do you think that is? So it still gave me the opportunity to say, well, Jesus loves you. That's him showing you he loves you. Let me encourage you to be aware and to be ready to offer to pray. It's, it's us who has to offer. It's rare that someone who doesn't know Jesus would say to us, will you pray for me? We as the Christians believe in Jesus. We're the ones who have to step up and offer. Third tip, we heal in the name of Jesus. 
Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. When we heal the sick, we heal in the name of Jesus. It's not us that has the healing power. It's Jesus. And this also takes the pressure off us because we're not kind of trying to drum up some healing energy or we don't have to have fasted for two weeks but actually we're the vessels we're like the waiter or waitress at the restaurant you know the the customer orders and the chef cooks we just deliver it like Miles said last week in his talk we do the possible you know pray stretch out a hand and it's God that does the impossible it's Jesus that does the work and it's his authority it's his name that causes the healing Matthew 18 says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. So when we pray for healing, we want to pray like Jesus did. Now in the Bible, do you ever see Jesus praying like this? Father God, please heal blind Bartimaeus. If it's your will, please would you heal him? And if it's not your will, please will you give his patience to still be blind? <laughs> Does Jesus ever pray like that? Let's have a look at how Jesus prays. Mark 1, to the man with leprosy, be healed. Mark 2, to the paralyzed man, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Mark 3, to the man with a deformed hand, hold out your hand. Mark 10, to blind Bartimaeus, go, your faith has made you well. Luke 7, the widow's son, young man, I tell you, get up. The list is endless. Jesus knows he has the authority so he can command the healing. And it's the same authority that is given to us. So we can be confident that in Jesus' name, we can also command the pain to go. We don't need to ask God. He's already given us the permission to heal. So we can be confident to pray in that way. We speak to the condition um, directly and with confidence. Keep your eyes open, especially if you're out and about with your friends. You know, say it like you mean it. You don't have to shout and be weird, but have confidence. When I was a little girl, I got bitten by a huge dog, and I grew up really afraid of dogs. And then a few years later, I was bitten by a small dog, so I was very afraid of dogs. <laughs> And uh, when I met my, husband, my now husband, Russo, um, I, I mean, I was really afraid. I would see a dog on the street and I would cross the road or cry or be very scared. And when I met my husband, he said, um, my, his family live in the Middle East. He said, come and meet them and, um, you know, get to know my family. So I walked into their house, a bit nervous to meet the future in-laws, and their house was like a farm. <laughs> they had four dogs, three cats, budgies, tortoise, fish, you name it, they had it. And I was so scared. And then out of nowhere, this massive German shepherd comes running up to me. He was so tall, he put his paws like onto my shoulders like this. Started barking. I was so scared. And that entire week, I was avoid. Oh, by the way, his name was Hunter. <laughs> I was avoiding Hunter like there was no tomorrow. Like there's... And if you have a dog, you probably know that's the worst thing to do with a dog. You know, I was, I was just like trying to cower away from him, walking away. And one day, my mother-in-law came over to me and she said, Chloe, you are the master of Hunter. You look him in the eyes and you tell him, Hunter, down. I said, okay, okay, okay. So the next time Hunter comes running up to me, I, I look him in the eyes, I say, Hunter, down. And Hunter, hong, scampers <laughs> off. And I am now the master of Hunter. <laughs> But we want to approach healing in the same way, with confidence and authority. We have authority. 
Okay, number four, we test it out. It says this, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. When we're praying for someone, it's good to pray for them and then say, how does it feel? Ask them to test it out. You know, don't go too far that they injure themselves, but give a little shake. How's it feeling? When you're praying for someone, if they don't get healed in that moment, you can say, well, can I pray again? You can offer to pray again. Even Jesus does this in Mark 8. He's healing a blind man, and it says he led him out of the village, and he spits on the man's eyes. I don't recommend that. And he says, can you see anything now? And the man looked around. He said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees. Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. If Jesus had to pray twice, that gives me comfort (laughs) that it's okay for us to pray more than once. Like anything in life, sometimes we keep praying for things. With healing, we often see people healed in that moment, but we also see a lot of people healed after praying a number of times for them. In my PhD and in our experience in Wales, about a third were healed instantly in that moment, a third were healed in that moment but after a number of prayers, and a third were healed within a couple of weeks. So in the questionnaires they said things like, I went home and the next day I realized I'd woken up better, or a couple of weeks later I noticed the pain had gone. So like anything in life, I want to encourage you to pray more than once. It's good to ask them to test it out. And if there's a partial healing, thank God. So you can pray. How's it feeling? A little bit better, but not 100%. Okay, well, let's pray again. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And we ask for more. People who've evidenced a good attitude often go on to get completely healed. Okay, number five, explain about Jesus. And this is especially true when we're praying for those who wouldn't consider themselves Christians. Verse 12, it says this, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. He used that moment of healing to explain who Jesus was. In Wales, we did a street mission one day where all of us went out in pairs and we were sharing our faith with people on the street. And we were able to do that in our context. And um, me and my husband went up to one lady and we said, oh, we're here to ask you a question. Um, We want to talk to you about faith and God and started going into the little script we had. She said, no, no, I don't want to hear about any of this kind of stuff. I said, okay. But she was on crutches. I said, well, I can see you're on crutches. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Oh, she said, oh, actually, yes, please. I'm a heroin addict and I've just got out of rehab and um, I injected so much in my arms that I moved onto my legs, and I've burst all the veins in my legs. I'm in constant pain, and I'm out of rehab now, but I can't get a job because I can't stand up. If I don't have a job, I don't have money, I don't have rent, she was really in distress. I said, okay, well, in my church, we often pray for people for healing. Can I pray for you? She said, yes, please. So we said a simple prayer. We were in the middle of town, people were walking around, it was busy. So in the name of Jesus, leg, leg pain go, receive your healing, amen. I opened my eyes and she was crying and she started testing out her legs and she like threw the crutches aside. She was like, it's gone, the pain has gone. And I said, can I now tell you about Jesus? She said, yes, please. 
I said, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. That's why he died on the cross for you. Everything we've done wrong, we are forgiven. When we put our life in him, he forgives us. When he rose again, he defeated death and sin. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you. Would you like to know him more? Would you like to give your life to him? She said yes and became a Christian there and then on the street. Let's be ready to follow up the healing with why God wants to heal. And lastly, any follower of Jesus can pray for people to be healed. It says in verse 12, I love this, Peter says, after healing this man, what is so surprising about this? Wouldn't that be nice if when we see someone healed, we're like, what is so surprising about this? Why stare at us as though we'd made this man walk by our own power or godliness? It's not our power or godliness. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus in us. Later in verse 16, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. The Holy Spirit is given to us all. We are all invited to take part in this. We have the opportunity to bring this back to the table for our generation and the generations behind us. Let's make it a normal thing that Christians pray for the sick. So to sum up, when you pray for people, do it on the go. Be ready to respond. Pray in the name of Jesus. Test it out, explain about Jesus, and know that every follower of Jesus can pray for healing.